What's up, world? It's your favorite cousin, Miguel Caldwell. In this life, something is always brewing. So let's just start the conversation. Sit back, take a sip. You are tuned into Miguel's Black Coffee, the podcast. Hey, y'all. Thank you for tuning into Miguel's Black Coffee. My name is Miguel Caldwell, and I'm so glad that you decided to give me a listen today. So a little bit about myself. I am a sophomore elementary education major at Winthrop University in Rock Hill, South Carolina, and I am also a two-time published author. Um, I grew up in a very country part of South Carolina called Bethune, and living there, you had to have an imagination to (laughs) fight going crazy. So I've always been a really big dreamer. And this podcast has been a big dream of mine because I want to to create a platform that increases the awareness and increases the amount of conversations that are being had about mental health in the Black community. You know, there's so much that we face from our world and from society that we need places where we can talk about this. And I wanted to create one of those places and to increase the awareness surrounding the issues that we face. Um, when I decided to do this podcast, though, I had no idea that I would be covering such a heavy topic for my debut episode. However, I felt that it's completely and totally necessary for me to jump into the conversation that we're going to have today because the current climate of our world, and it's, it's just so much to wrap my head around. So I just wanted to go ahead and start this conversation because it really and truly goes so well with the mission of this podcast and that's to talk about things that affect the mental state of black people and i don't know about everybody else but i know for me personally this drives me crazy so it's something that i definitely feel is important so i'm not going to waste too much time on introduction you can follow me on my social medias i'm going to drop those in the description Um, You can like, comment, DM, whatever you want to do. I would love to connect with you. But without any further ado, let's go ahead and jump into this episode of Miguel's Black Coffee. So when I started driving, I never really understood why my mama would always say, thank you, Jesus, whenever I would make it home. And I know it's, it's so crazy but she would always say, and I would always catch her just like a little whisper, like, thank you, Jesus, when I would come home. And it wasn't until I really started to pay attention to the things that were happening in my community to people who look like me, who share the same skin color as me and very similar backgrounds as me, that I understood then the magnitude behind my mama's thank you, Jesus. The fact that It wasn't just her being a Jesus freak. (laughs) Like She was truly grateful that I made it home safely, and that's because that's not everyone's story. Everyone doesn't get to go home to their mother in my community. And it happens at the hands of people who are supposed to protect us. So my heart truly, truly goes out to Black mothers, mothers of black children because they carry a weight that no one can really understand like we can we can be empathetic towards them but we can never really understand what that weight is like because it's something that a mother faces for her children especially especially when she has sons because we're such a threat for some reason I don't I don't get it I don't get it 
but it seems as if that's the case. So they face this this pressure, this weight that no one can really understand. And they go through their lives, their children's lives, just like basically going crazy because it's, it's so much to handle. And a quote that I actually want to pull is from a mentor of mine, Miss Tiffany Fields. Um, she's one of the greatest inspirations in my life. And um, she's a mother of two boys. And it's crazy because I was just scrolling on my phone one day on Facebook. I had just woke up and I was like, okay, let me just look through Facebook. You know, sometimes we do that as soon as we wake up. Um, and I didn't know about the Ahmad Arbery murder because that's what it was. And we should call it what it was. It was a murder. <laughs> I didn't know about that. And as I was scrolling through Facebook, I was seeing this, you know, I run with the mod hashtag. And I was like, okay, so there's, you know, some fitness, something's going like, you know, I did not know what was going on until I came across her post and it was a, a longer post. And it was, it was crazy how she was talking about this um, situation. And so a part that really stood out to me was when she said, Malachi, this is her son, recently got his first pair of running shoes as we feel finding an outlet is important as he heads to middle school next year. I've read, because I can't bring myself to watch the video, the story of Ahmad Arbery. My heart is so broken for his family, friends, and our community. My heart is also broken that I have to give my black boy more than just running tips, but tips on how to stay alive while running. It was something about the way that she ended that, that particular part. It was like, I felt like a crumble inside of me because it, it truly opened my eyes to what the the mother's face, you know? Because, like, for me, I fear for myself. I'm terrified. Can't lie. I'm terrified. And I have been for a long time. But I hurt for my mother. And I hurt for mothers like Miss Fields. And it's crazy to imagine that this mother says, and I'm going to repeat, my heart is also broken that I have to give my black boy more than just running tips, but tips on how to stay alive while running. There's so, so much pain that I was able to just kind of see within that because it, it's so true that we live in a world where you have to teach black boys how to stay alive when they come in contact with people who are supposed to be in place to protect them. But because we are living within a system that was never really designed for us, we can't really expect protection. And that's devastating. That's truly devastating that we can't even expect the people who are supposed to protect us to do their job. So the fact that black mothers must hold this concern for their children just truly vocalizes what we are going through and what we are facing. And I want to talk about a personal experience of mine. Um, it was very, very soon after I started driving and my mama was already kind of scared. <laughs> As y'all know, she's kind of, you know, I've kind of explained how she is. Um, but I 
dropped a friend off from school and I drove home. We live very close and I drove home. And when I got on my street, thank God I was close to home. I saw the lights of the of a police car. I didn't even see the police car behind me like ever. It's so crazy. I never saw it. It was one of like the unmarked ones. And so then I saw the lights. I'm like, oh Lord, what's going on? So anyway, he came to the car and he told me that I ran three stop signs. Now, the, the crazy thing is I only went through two stop signs to get from this person's house to my house. So I don't know how I ran three when I only came in contact with two. And to this day, I still remember stopping. But it is what it is at this point. So um, anyway, you know, he asked me to get out of the car if he could search for drugs, all this. And I don't know if that's procedure or what. But the way that my heart was beating and the fear that I felt was it was something that I can't even really describe, you know, and it's so crazy that we have to hold that type of fear. And so anyway, I found out later that the house that I dropped this person off at was once um, a house where a lot of drugs were moved from before this person and their family moved into this house. So the the cop that stopped me suspected that because I was leaving from this house, I was, I guess, some in some type of way involved with some type of drug thing, which is why, you know, he put me, asked me to get out the car and, you know, and all that. So it, it's very crazy. It's very crazy that we have these type of encounters with police. However, I'm not going to um, talk about mine much because I'm one of the ones who made it. And so, it, you know, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I'm one of the ones who made it. Today, I want to talk about the people who don't make it. The people who don't make it because that could be me. That could have been me, and it still can. And we we don't. The thing is, we don't know who who it could be, and that's why it's so important that we use our voice and we speak up. Because even though it may not be you or any of yours today, you don't know what it could be tomorrow. And that's just the America that we exist in. That's just the America that we exist in. So I want to move into um, addressing some things that I've seen on social media. Uh, recently, and I'm pretty sure you guys have seen, if not the same things, very similar things, but it's so crazy, the things that people are saying in response to what is happening. Um, First, I would like to address the people who don't seem to see the issue, which I don't understand at all how you could not see the issue, but I just want to say that if you can't see the issue, you are part of it. If you don't understand why people are upset, you don't understand why we are using our voice, why we're speaking out, you are part of the issue because here you have innocent people who are getting caught up in a system that preys on them. A system that's supposed to protect them and supposed to have their best interest, but preying on them. And these people, not they're not being just beat up or, or racially profiled. These people are being killed. And if you can't see that that's an issue, you're part of it. And I'm not going to spend too much time on that because there's really no way to really explain to these people why 
why you should be having some type of a feeling towards this because this is a system that has so much power so much power and it's crazy because people aren't even concerned about COVID-19 no more because now we're realizing that there's such there's a much more powerful killer out there that's been in the killing business for so much longer and that happens to be the police force in America and that's an issue that's an issue another thing that I wanted to address was the individuals who bring up um like black on black crime as some type of rebuttal to the black lives matter movement First off, you sound ridiculous. First off, and we're not saying that Black Lives Don't Matter when taking at the hands of Black people. What is going on is when it's Black on Black crime, that Black that committed that crime on that other Black is facing the punishment and the consequences that comes with that crime. However, when the police are doing it, there's no repercussions for taking someone's life. So it's almost like you are telling this black person, this whole entire black community that their lives don't matter in this particular situation. When it's black on black, the punishment comes. It the punishment comes when it's black on black. But when it's the when it happens and it's due to police, it's like, oh, there's always some type of way for it to not go on the fault of anyone. And that's where the issue comes in. And that's why we're letting you know Black Lives Matter. And also, I want to talk to the All Lives Matter crew, because I feel like this relates to y'all as well. The people who are saying All Lives Matter as some type of response to Black Lives Matter. First of all, you're missing the message. And this is why you're part of the problem because we're not saying black lives matter and no one else lives matter. No. What we're saying is America remembers everybody's lives. It seems like except the lives of black people. So really what we're saying is black lives matter too. Like, Hey, over here. Yeah. We matter as well. That's what we're trying to explain when we say black lives matter. So we're not saying you know, Black Lives Matter and the rest of the lives don't. That is not the case. It just seems that America needs a reminder that this group of people who really built your country, our lives matter as well. So I'm going to need the All Lives Matter crew to chill. I feel like we shouldn't even be saying this anymore, <laughs> but I see it so much and it's so ignorant to me that you feel that basically what you're saying when you say All Lives Matter, you're telling us to shut up. And that's not going to roll over well. And that is why there are so many issues because you're not trying to see what it, what it really is. You're trying to make it become some type of some type of race war. And really, we're not trying to start a race war. I saw this online. It said we're not trying to start a race war. We're trying to end one because it seems as if that's what we've been in for a long time. And so while I'm talking about All Lives Matter, that crew, I may as well go ahead and dress the Blue Lives Matter crew also. You cannot compare a police officer 
and their blue life to my black life. Let me tell you why. When a police officer shift is over, he takes off his uniform. I can't take off my blackness. I'm black everywhere. I'm black every day. I'm black, as my grandma would say, I'm black anyhow. Like there is, you cannot compare this officer's career, something that they can take off at any point and go home to me being black at all times. So yeah, we need to stop. We need, we need y'all. I'm going to say that. (laughs) We need y'all to stop trying to come up with rebuttals and responses to this movement because it's not even that type of thing. It's literally, we're trying to explain to you that our lives matter too. That's what it is. We're not saying that other people's lives don't matter. That is not the case at all. We just want to remind a country that seems to have forgotten that we matter as well. We matter. We matter. And um, another thing, too, that I have seen on social media is people who are bad at the protesters, um, riots. I'm in a conflicted area. Because while I my personal beliefs are not to riot, I am on the protest side. Don't don't, don't get it twisted. I am on. I do think that a, there's nothing wrong with a good protest. I'm not on the riot side or like the looting and all that. However, I'm more mad at the reason why these people are mad than I am at them tearing up Target. I could care less about Target, but what I do care about is the foundation that these riots are starting on. And I feel like in a lot of ways, the reason that people are doing this is because it's like, okay, you're not going to hear me. You're not going to understand me. You're not going to even change for me. So you at least going to feel me. And that that's where they are. So I'm not mad at the riots. I'm, you know, I feel bad that they are, are tearing up these cities and, what's happening to these businesses. However, I align more with the core of why they're doing what they do, why they're doing what they are doing, excuse me, um, as opposed to being mad at, oh, wow, Target is being looted. Like, these people are mad. These people are upset. And I just happen to care more about that and about the issues because I feel them. I know where they're coming from. This hurts. This hurts. It really hurts. So I don't um I don't really appreciate the people who are, you know, talking negatively about the protesters and you know calling you calling these names and just judging them when you're missing why they're even doing what they're doing. Like I understand, okay, yeah. Your city or city you're planning to go to, whatever, is tore up. But I care more about that innocent black life, which happens to be black lives, than I do about this this city or this business. Um, another thing, too, is people were saying, well, you, you don't need to 
do this and this and this. Just be peaceful about it. I hear you. <laughs> we hear you. However, when NFL player Kaepernick <laughs> tried to be peaceful, this man didn't even open his mouth and say anything. He simply took a knee. I don't know how much more peaceful you want it to be, but what these racist people, that's what that's what what they intended to do was try to ruin this man's life because he chose to peacefully protest. So it's like, okay, you want me to be peaceful, but as we've seen when that happens, look look at look at the aftermath. Look at the aftermath and they tried to ruin this man's life, but you can't do that when you're chosen. God bless Kaepernick. Um, so it's like, what are you talking about? And another thing too is an oppressor cannot tell me how to deal with my oppression. You cannot be part of the problem, but try to offer me a solution. That's not how it works, dog. Like <laughs> you, you you can't do that. It, it, it's beyond backwards. It's beyond backwards. So it really and truly breaks my heart that George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Ahmaud Arbery join a long list of names of people who have lost their lives simply for existing simply because they have blackness running through their veins and showing on the outer layer of their body that these people have to join this list of names or become a hashtag. My heart goes out to their families, um, to our community, to friends, to, to everyone, because it's truly heartbreaking and scary because you don't know if your cousin, your brother, your uncle, your father, who who could be joining the list next. We don't know. And it's so sad that we live in a country where that's what we have to worry about. That's what we have to worry about. And a country that didn't care about my grandfather's black life, my father's black life. They don't care about my black life, nor do they care about my nephew's black life. And it's it's a system that continues, and it, it's a cycle, and it just continues. It continues, and and that is why people people are fighting now. And I'm so so glad to see that people are truly and honestly fed up. And I've seen so many people unite. And I want to give a huge shout out to the allies. Like, it, it, it's so overwhelming, the support that has come from true allies. I'm going to say that. That has come, um, and it's been so evident in the communities. And I want to shout out my city, Camden, South Carolina, because it was it's truly just so great to see the coming together of different people on a united front. Like we really all are uniting about this issue. And you, even though you don't live my pain, you're trying to feel my pain, you're trying to understand my pain, and you're fighting to try to help me make my pain stop. 
And that really does mean a lot. And it's so crazy. And I was telling um, my cousins about this other day that, you know, even though like they have all these stay-at-home orders and things like that, people truly feel, and we know that the police system is a is a bigger threat to us than COVID-19. Because COVID-19 doesn't come disguised as your protection or COVID-19 doesn't come with a system. It, 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 you know, you know, this is going to kill you. Like it, it, this is, this is, this can happen. But a police force, a country, that's something that, that's a totally different ball game and a much bigger killer. And they've been in the killer business for much longer than COVID because COVID ain't been around that long. <laughs> it hasn't. But this system continues to reign. It's been around a long time. So I just want to say to my people, we are still important. We are still beautiful creatures created by God for a purpose. We can't allow misperceptions, misconceptions to steer us away from the things that we were born to do. Our ancestors fought. And now it's time for us to stand up and fight. And I know it's hard sometimes to to speak on things because it's so heavy. And sometimes you really just can't. But you have to not give up that fight. You got to dig it within yourself. Because even if you can't change your world today, you can start a work that will continue tomorrow. So if you can't change it for you today, there's somebody coming behind you that you could be part of that change for them. So find yourself an inspiration within all of this and don't give up your fight. I pray for us. Listen, I talk to God all the time about this in particular. And for a long time I have, because it's something that really and truly just bothers me and stirs my spirit so negatively. So I pray for our protection our peace of mind, our mothers, our community as a whole. And I pray for our country. I pray that we can see some type of of change because I know, I know it's possible. I know it's possible. So I just want to encourage everyone to just continue fighting for what you believe in and fighting for what's right. And I want to conclude this episode with a reading of a poem from my Poetry Collection Journey, which is available on Amazon right now. Just a little plug. (laughs) Just a little plug. So the poem is entitled, Don't Ask the Garden. Don't ask us why we march. We'll ask you why you don't. Don't ask us if we'll stop, because I promise you, we won't. Don't ask us why we're mad, because anger is not our emotion. Instead, we're broken and hurt lost in the motion. Our brothers and fathers killed in our streets. We need justice more than Kaepernick needed his cleats. A man that sacrificed everything for boys like me. Then he found out his freedoms weren't free. Everything here seems to come with a cost, but not everyone is billed. That wasn't your father, cousin, or brother that was killed. Unarmed black man is how all of the headlines seem to begin. 
I thought it was over, but now I question, is there an end? Like Christ on the cross, you crucify us, killing us with your weapons, abusing our trust. A 12-year-old boy, you called him a threat. That kid hadn't even started his life yet. We're sorry, Tamir Rice. They made you pay the price for the ancestry that runs through my veins like the cotton fields with blood stains. You hate my predecessors just as you hate me without any knowledge of who I may be. Racism continues to sprout everywhere. It was planted like seeds. And it's the menacing force that covers us like weeds. But to my brothers and my sisters, we're still a garden. Don't let the hateful crimes cause you to harden. Like wonderful flowers, we'll grow and cover this land. The power lies in your fist, in your hand. Thank you so much for tuning into Miguel's Black Coffee. There is so much more coming. You guys keep your head up. Change is on the way. I feel it. I know it is.